Welcome to a special edition of the Media Vote Podcast. We are not live. Uh, this is just a recording for us, our, our faithful podcast listeners out there in Apple Podcastville, wherever you may be. We don't actually know you exist, but we assume you exist. We got an email um, to the, our, our uh, Media Boat email account suggesting that some company at least found us. Uh, and wanted to sell us the product, so I didn't mention it before. Wait, is that ads? I think it might be ads or something, or like a platform, like a host. Anyways, uh, okay. this is the Media Boat Podcast. Today is January the 31st, the last day of January 2018. Um, this is episode 107 or 108. I should actually check, I think 108. Uh, my name is Matt. With me is Mike, but he will be a little quieter this week. He underwent some surgery. He got his tonsils taken out over the last couple of weeks and a half now. Forcefully. Uh, and yeah, somebody just ran up to him and grabbed him. It was really weird. So he's recovering. So he's not super vocal right now. Uh, but he'll, he'll try to chime in when it's uh, comfortable enough for him in uh, one or three words. It's also why we're not uh, going live. Also why we're not live, because he's literally got an ice pack to his chin right now. So no one wants to see that. Throw throat that's a chin same thing <laughs> anyway same same neighborhood anyway so yeah otherwise uh this will so that yeah in case you probably figured this out this will be a little bit of a shorter show a little truncated this week so we can kind of get on with our lives hopefully return uh to normal format next week if all things go well uh but we'll see uh for now let's move into how uh, we always start the media vote podcast which of course is movies and the box office numbers. New number one. We have a new number one after three weeks in a row of The Rock's Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, being your number one movie. Uh, the January doldrums are over. We have a new number one. It's The Maze Runner, The Death Curse, uh, the third in the Maze Runner series, debuting to $24 million, uh, making it an easy number one above Jumanji's $16 million this weekend. Uh, Hostiles is your number three movie with $10 million. Um, that kind of was, I guess, in limited release in December from what research I did, because I thought it came out of nowhere. I was like, did this debut this week? And it didn't. It was, I guess it went wide, and it is now... Uh, it was a uh, yeah. Oscar bait. Yeah, it was Oscar bait that didn't work, I uh-huh. guess, because it got snubbed. Um, but yeah, it's uh, now in wide release, so that earned ten million dollars, earning the three mil, the number three uh, spot. Michael Fassbender in that one. Yeah, Michael Fassbender's in that one. I keep hearing it's advertised on TV. Uh-huh. Uh, the Greatest Showman is your number four movie with nine point five million dollars, just coming right under. Mm. And right under that is The Post, rounding up the top five with just nine. Oh, so and, um, yeah, box office note. Um, Jumanji did, in fact, crack top five of 2017. Oh, yeah, that, that's impressive. I mean, uh, <laughs> it didn't have much to go. <laughs> it did well enough in uh, December uh, to make it, which is good. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, Jumanji, success for Sony. They needed one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that's good. Uh, so looking forward to the weekend ahead of us, there's only one release, and it's just something called Winchester. Which I'm not 100% sure what this is, uh, but uh, rest assured, if it was important, it's we'd tell you. It's a horror haunted <laughs> house. Yeah. Uh, starring Clark someone. Amelia Clark? No. No? Man. <laughs> Clark. 
Gable, no. The guy who ruined um, <laughs> Terminator Genesis. Oh, yeah, I know you're talking about, but I don't remember his name. Dustin James Clark. Thoreau. <laughs> Yeah. No. Anyways, uh, yeah. Um, so that's your one release this week. So uh, stay home. <laughs> Don't see anything. There's nothing to see. Wait until next week because that's when releases start happening again. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, let's move into movie uh, movie news because uh, I don't think we saw anything. Uh, so we have no thoughts for you this week. Moving into movie news, the first story we have is about America's favorite actor, none other than the dear Tom Hanks. His next role has been announced. He will be taking part uh, the part of the iconic role of Mr. Rogers, sweater wearing, uh, shoe tying Mr. Rogers, in a movie called "You Are My Friend," uh, produced by TriStar, directed by Mariel Heller, who directed "Diary of a Teenage Girl." Uh, the film is inspired by the real life friendship between Fred Rogers and award winning journalist Tom Genote. So this will be your biopic slash uh, Oscar Beatty thing for Tom um, Hanks this year. So uh, that could be good. Two minds of this. Yeah. Either Saving Mr. Banks. Yeah. Or Tuesday with Maury. Yeah. It's not giving uh, Forrest Gump vibes, that's no. for sure. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll see how that ends up. But uh, yeah, it's good. Fair casting there. Yeah. I saw somebody on my Twitter joking about how it should have been Steve Buscemi. And I was like, <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> but yeah, Tom Hanks is not, wouldn't be bad in that role. Maybe just a little bit boring. Um, I, not, I think that it could have been better. Yeah. Also, story could have been better involved because as he was a World War Two vet. Yeah. Or Vietnam sniper or whatever. And he's also the winner of the Ultimate Showdown. <laughs> right. I think they have to include it. They, they have to. <laughs> Post credit sequence. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, our next story is uh, about Steven Spielberg, another American treasure? Question mark. Uh, Ready Player One, of course, is ending production. Get ready for its release in March. So uh, you're probably wondering what Spielberg's next uh, deal is. Well, um, it was originally the next project he was going to be working on. It was going to be The Kidnapping of Edgu- Edgardo Mortara. But he has had to shelve that project when they couldn't find the right star, the right child actor to be the lead. The same can be said about the West Side Story remake he was casting, but, uh, well... That's needs actors too, uh, specifically ones that can sing. It's kind of important uh, he's for a musical. Currently looking for those actors. <laughs> yeah. So we'll take some time. So that's not ready yet, but what he will be going forward with now is none other than the fifth count it, Indiana Jones movie. Yes, the sequel, uh, long-awaited sequel to uh, frickin' Crystal Skull. Yep. Indy 5 will have Harrison Ford back, and uh, Principal of Photography is scheduled to start in 2019 with a July 10th, 2020 release date. So that's your summer 2020 movie. Uh, mark your calendars. This will mark over 10 years since the last installment, uh, which, yeah, as you know, is not well received. Uh, Harrison Ford, by the way, will celebrate his 77th birthday next year. So uh, big uh, 77 uh, your old actor is your lead in this movie. Uh, uh, no word on whether Shia LaBeouf is coming back. Also, get this done before uh, Harrison Ford is done. I think they can 
manage. He seems <laughs> to be doing okay. From what I heard, and you saw this, uh, is that he's pretty good in uh, Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. So they're, they're, still, they're still them and vigor in him yet. Keep him out of airplanes, though. <laughs> yes, yes. Keep him from flying, please. <laughs> Next up, uh, we have, of course... The Super Bowl, and you might be thinking, why are we talking about this in the film section? Well, it's actually relevant, because Super Bowl, of course, means commercials, and commercials, of course, mean trailers. Yes, we have some news about some trailers that will hit Sunday during the game, so you'll have to watch and see these debuts, including God Particle, which is the new Cloverfield movie, uh, the sequel to Ted and Cloverfield Lane. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, that's, of course, the sequel to... Jurassic World, A Quiet Place, which is a John Krasinski, Emily Blunt starring horror film, Black Panther, of course, because it releases uh, the week after, um, and two unannounced Disney spots, including uh, what we think may be this is speculation the options here. Either one of the following, Infinity War, Wrinkle in Time, Solo, Incredibles 2, Ant-Man, and Wasp. So... This is interesting to think about here. six. I probably would put my money on... Well, we just saw the trailer for Ant-Man and Wasp drop. So, good possibility. So we can probably eliminate that unless they just show that trailer. They they may as well. Uh, Wrinkle in Time is getting a lot of uh, TV ads as it stands. So if we get a new one, maybe. But But chances are, I think I can eliminate that one because they've already started the media blitz there. They don't really need to push that more. Uh, they might show the existing ad. Um, Incredibles 2, I think, is too early. This is Infinity War. That's my bet. Infinity War is one of these spots. I think Ringle Time is probably the safe bet for the other one. I think Solo Incredibles are too early to see. But, color me surprised if I'm wrong. Solo comes out in May. We've yeah. yet to see a trailer drop. Yeah, that's my money's fair. on Solo. Okay. And, and uh, you have a uh, 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 dog lover. Uh, hot right now, so show him as much as possible. Dog lover? Dog lover. Oh, yeah, dog lover. He's uh, uh, Lando. Yep. In the solo movie. So it will reportedly cost $5 million for the 30, for a 30-second ad in this game, which is about even from last year. No big moves. In comparison, 30-second Game 7 World Series ads went just for 500000 well, the Academy Awards are just charging $2 million this year. Uh, fun fact, that spot price is also five times the base salary of Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Nick Foles, <laughs> which is super depressing. Now, I, I want to note that we did not compare the salary of Tom Brady. No. And that's on purpose. Moving on. <laughs> that moves us out of, tel- uh, out of movies. So, uh, yeah, slow movie week. Uh, we'll be back to talk about more movies next week, I'm sure. Mm. But moving into the world of television. There isn't a whole lot going on here, but there are a bit, including the big story this week, which, of course, the Super Bowl is Sunday. Get ready. It will be um, an interesting game. Uh, the Patriots, of course, are returning against the aforementioned Eagles with Nick Foles. Uh, who knows how that's going to work out. The Eagles will have to show up and be consistent. Uh, the defense will have to defend Tom Brady in the second half, or against Tom Brady, I should say, in order to keep another Patriots win from happening. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. 
And of course, commercials are always fun. We'll be, I'm sure, talking about all the crazy commercials and our favorites um, next week and uh, how the game went. So tune in next week to find out our reactions uh, to the Super Bowl. So favorites, Patriots, obviously. Of course. Should Eagles win? Yeah. Is that considered a Patriot misstep? Or the end of a dynasty? Uh, you know what? It's, I think, too early to tell. I think it depends on how the game goes. If the game is an upset and the Patriots can't get anything going and somehow the Eagles kill their momentum early and it never comes back, then I think it's talk about, okay, Tom Brady, what are you going to do next? It's like, okay, Patriots, what does this mean? Because then it's an immediate, like, hitting a brick wall for your franchise there. If it's closer, if you see like a super close scoring game, if this goes into overtime again, for example, something like that happens, then it's probably going to be a little bit more metered. Oh, Tom Brady missed missed a couple of opportunities. This is really the Eagles' win, and the praise will be on that. So it depends, I think. Uh, so yeah, that'll be this Sunday. Uh, I'll be watching, uh, so we'll see what happens. Everyone will be watching. It's a given. The Super Bowl is the most watched television program every year. I shouldn't have to tell you that. You already knew that. <laughs> Moving on, uh, the NHL All-Star Game, speaking of uh, big sports games, happened last weekend. Uh, so that, that was, that would have been pretty cool. I did not know any. I don't know anything see, about what happened. I, I thought that was this, uh, yeah. the, the weekend after the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. So that's why, because this was already in February. It already happened. But yeah, I don't realize it already happened. The Pro Bowl also also happened last week, but no one cares about the Pro Bowl. <laughs> so I'll just skip it. Um, they played dodgeball. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, uh, the, the let's move into a, a little, little bit of sports bit here. And then a story that is only tangentially related to sports. Okay. Uh, the Cleveland Indians, the baseball team, uh, yes. will be removing their classic Indian logo from their uniform. Now, um, yes. it doesn't say here, but I'm guessing that was due to pressure. Uh, or just because yeah. they also it's 2018. Yeah. I um, think this is smart. Yeah. I mean, it's been a classic of the Cleveland Indians. Yeah. Uh, the Wahoo yeah. Indian. Maybe a little inappropriate now. Like, maybe a little cartoon. Yeah, it's not great. So that's just smart. And um, here's hoping that that this is uh, maybe encouragement for the other teams. (laughs) Washington. uh, Who maybe need to think about their representation of the thing. Uh, Washington (laughs) came out and said no comment. Yeah, of course they did. And that they they were not in any position to... Change their mascot. Is that plot uh, over on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, by the way? I don't remember how <laughs> season three ended. I want to say that they wrapped that up somehow. Um, oh, yeah, they did. Never mind. I remember how they wrapped it up. It was something ridiculous. It was like, let's do a name that offends everybody or something like that. Yeah. And they, it was like super long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, never mind. Anyways. <laughs> uh, moving on to something that, like I said, only tangentially related to sports. It has risen from its grave. Say hello to the new... XFL. Someone wake up, he hate me. <laughs> See what he's doing these days. Uh, because he's needed. Uh, no, no, there's no way he's playing. He's probably, what, 40-something now. Um, yes, the XFL, the um, uh, league, I'm using quotes here, uh, that was introduced in the early 2000s uh, as an alternative to the NFL. Harder hits. 
uh, raunchier uh, freaking cheerleaders. Like, whatever you think, let's let's give players nicknames. It was like a ridiculous version of the NFL that nobody watched. Uh, so that, of course, lived shortly and died horribly. Uh, brainchild, of course, of WWE uh, head Vince McMahon. Uh, well, Vince is bringing it back, but it's a little different now. The once defunct leave will be making a comeback, but not until 2020. Uh, Man will solely fund the $100 million venture and will not have any ties to the WWE. It will be treated as a separate endeavor. Details are scarce right now, but there will be eight league-owned teams with a 10-game regular season schedule beginning in January or February uh, to be treated as like a replacement for when no football is happening. Uh, the things you don't have down here is that a little thing, things that did end up leaking about uh, details about how the XFL will present itself. Oh, uh, one thing was is that they will not um, be uh, hiring any athletes that have prior arrests or charges. Hmm. So this includes if you've been arrested for a DUI, for example. Nope, you can't play in the XFL. There will also be no cheerleaders. Uh, cheerleaders are being completely removed. Uh, the, it, I, I don't know why. They didn't say exactly the explanation there, especially with how much of a focus it was the first round. Um, unneeded. Yeah, maybe they just figured it was unnecessary. I don't know. And then uh, finally, the, 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 the most controversial uh, part of this uh, that they've confirmed, uh, players will be required to stand for the uh, <laughs> uh, national anthem. I wish I was making this up, but that is written down. Uh, will be a requirement for the XFL. Uh, so, yeah, uh, fuck the XFL. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> All right. All right, so one year, <laughs> half year? Uh, not even. Uh, we'll make it to three months. One. Three months. I'll get three months. <laughs> if, it even, if it even debuts in 2020. Moving on. Next we have... Um, wow, it must be a slow news week because we're talking about Celebrity Big Brother. Oh, yeah. uh, Celebrity Big Brother, of course, is the celebrity edition of the long-running CBS uh, reality <coughs> show where they put everybody into a house and watch each other uh, uh, either have sex with each other or kill each other. Uh, the 11 celebrities that have been cast this year... <laughs> I'm using, yes, giant air quotes here <laughs> because there's only one person on this list that I would even count as like a celebrity. They're really... Uh, scratch at the bottom of the barrel here. Well, I'm interested to see who you would count a celebrity. Uh, I, I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, so Shannon Elizabeth, Mark McGrath, Kashia Knight Pulliam, Brandy Glanville, Meadow World Peace, Chuck Liddell, James Maslow, Marissa Winkor, Ross Matthews, Miss Columbia, Adriana Gutierrez, that's one person, and uh, recently fired from the White House, Omarosa. I, I would say Mark McGrath here, because at least he did VH1 stuff where he said he was a celebrity. Also, I made him a vanilla latte once. That's my claim to fame. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I, see, I thought you were going to go with Chuck Liddell. No, but yes. That's probably at the least answer. he has... Um, Not the joke answer, but... Like, commercial... Yeah. You're right. Um, and Meta World Peace is Meta World Peace. We're on our task, but yeah. <laughs> Meta World Peace. Uh, so yeah, uh, this will serve as counter-programming on CBS to the Olympics, so no one will watch it. Uh, <laughs> our last story 
is a, a pretty big one. Uh, it's really a music story, but we might as well talk about it now. Is of course the Grammy Awards happen on Sunday. Um, I'll be brief. Ooh, uh, the, stinker. Yeah. Stinker. It was not great. Um, the so it, it started with some some uh, already kind of on a bad foot when a story came out the day before that uh, album of the year nominee Lord was not going to perform. Uh, due to a dispute uh, with the producers about allowing her to perform by herself. Uh, she apparently was slated to perform as a collaborative effort. She didn't want to. She said, hey, the other men nominated, for, the men nominated for Album of the Year get to perform by themselves, such as Kendrick Lamar. Why don't die? And when they told her no, she said, well, fine, I'm not going to attend the red carpet and I'm not going to perform. She was still at the show. Uh, but she did neither of those things. Um, so instead, her. yeah, good for her, standing her ground. So instead, they uh, ended up wheeling out some oh, painfully boring uh, uh, performances, including Sting and Shaggy dug them up from somewhere. You um, uh, two, where they were literally floating away from us. Um, <laughs> uh, there were some interesting performances. I have to admit. Uh, the, the Kendrick Lamar's opening thing was amazingly crazy, as it always is. He definitely knows how to uh, rile up a crowd. You he's could a say, showman. yeah, he's a great showman. He knows how to the greatest showman. You could say, yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> he knows how to uh, definitely impress uh, a Grammy audience. And then after that, it was just basically downhill from there. Uh, but the awards uh, also were a disappointment. Not only the performances. Your big winner of the night ended up being Bruno Mars, as he took home not only Record of the Year for 24 Karat Magic, but also Album of the Year for the aforementioned album. Um, not great. Um, I was really pulling for anybody but him, mm -hmm. uh, but it was the safe choice, as I said, weeks ago, and it makes sense that it, why he won, because it's the freaking Grammys, and every time I get my hopes up thinking, oh, well, the nominees are more diverse this year, maybe the, the smaller acts have a chance. No, they never do. They never will. It's super depressing, and you could take me next year when I say, oh, look at these nominees. It actually could be good this year, and you have to stop me right there because it didn't work this year. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so yeah, not much to really talk about here. Um... So yeah, uh, congratulations um, to the winners. I blue, guess. blue Ivy highlight of the day. Yes, uh, Blue Ivy, uh, uh, Carter, of course, daughter uh, of Beyonce and JC. Uh, it was fun to watch because she was sitting between her parents, and at one point, literally told them not to like clap, like as they were about to like clap for for something. She, she did this like hand thing, to which Beyonce reacted, "Oh, oh, sorry," as if like her daughter has pull over her. And I was just like, that is amazing. <laughs> so yeah, look forward to a, uh, a, a, a world of Blue Ivy gifts in the next uh, few months here. So yeah, that's pretty much it for the Grammys. I think we can move on. I, if there was anything more notable, I'm sure I would be able to think about it right now. Oh, the Kesha performance was amazing. Uh, that was one thing. If you were going to watch one clip from the show, pull up Kesha's performance of, uh, of Praying. Uh, she got a whole squad uh, to perform with her, including... Um, uh, frickin', uh, what's her name? Uh, 80s hit. Uh, Cindy Lauper. Uh, Cindy Lauper performed with her as well as newer acts like, uh, Camilla Cabello and, uh, uh, BB Rexa, uh, were in kind of her girl squad during the performance and it was just super, uh, heartfelt, super tear-jerking, uh, tears per shed. Uh, check that out if you want the best performance of the night. 
Okay, moving on. Uh, we have no thoughts. Uh, there wasn't anything uh, really new this week. Um, we're continuing to watch the shows we said we were. Uh, Good Place uh, had a really solid episode last week. Uh, Alone Together uh, had a really solid episode. Uh, episode three was really, really, really stra- strong. Yeah, it's getting it's getting uh, some momentum. Mm-hmm. I'm I was worried after that second episode it wasn't that great. Uh, kind of a road trip thing. You don't do a road trip as your second episode. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, third episode pulled things together. I, I like the tone of that show. I think it, I think it's finding its voice. Uh, but other than that, uh, kind of another week of TV lull. Uh, well, there will be more TV to talk about. Um, I will have week. thoughts next week. I just can't give them. Right, yeah. I'm sure you probably will talk about more about like Versace next week. Mm-hmm. Another episode of that is there. I have that. I have uh, 911. Yeah. I have... Um, 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 real sports. Yeah, yeah. I, I've caught up on a lot of TV because I've been being able to watch a lot of TV. Yeah, bedridden. Yeah, it turns out. So I just can't talk a lot about it. But yeah, we'll be back next week. Talk about those, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Moving into cancellations and renewals. First up, damnation canceled after one season on USA. Happy exclamation point has been renewed for a second season. Good. On Sci-Fi, it's currently airing its first season right now. The uh, season finale is next week. Next think. week, it's a shorter run. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Fuller House getting a fourth season on Netflix, so that thing is far from dead. Subura getting a second season on Netflix. The Shy getting a second season on Netflix. Dice, the show about Andrew Dice Clay, canceled after two seasons on Showtime. Suits. Is not done. It will get an eighth season on USA. That surprised me. That surprises me. That show has been airing forever, I feel. USA stuff never dies. And finally, Shut Eye has been canceled after two seasons on Hulu. That's it for your television. Moving into music. Let me pull up the frickin' billboard. Ding, 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 ding. So your Billboard Hot 100, your singles list this week. Let's see who's on top. We have a new number one song, everybody. Dethroning Havana by Camila Capello from last week is your new number one, God's Plan by Drake. Drake released a two-song, like, project, he called it, um, called Scary Hours, I think. Scary Hours. Keep wanting to call it Scary Hopes. Scary Hours uh, last week, and God's Plan uh, is your new number one from that. Moving to number two, uh, uh, Perfect Ed Sheeran. Three, Havana, Camila Cabello. Four, Rockstar, Post Malone, 21 Savage. And five, Finesse by Bruno Mars and Cardi B. That would be the newest Bruno Mars single. So I have heard that new number one song. Yeah. I just have no opinions on it. Yeah. It's a Drake song. It's a Drake song. It's like super Drake, Drake, yeah. Drake. It's very Drakey. Moving to the top one, 200, the Billboard 200, which is your album chart. Debuting at number one this week is Mania by Fallout Boy. Fallout Boy still charting after all these years. Moving down at number two is the Greatest Showman soundtrack. Number three is Divide by Ed Sheeran. Number four, Camila by Camila Cabello. And number five, Stoney by Post Malone. So those are your uh, Billboard uh, lists this week. Moving on to new releases. This week we have new music by AWOL Nation with Here Come the Runts. Ooh. DZ Death Rays 
with Bloody Lovely, Field Music with Open Here, Hookworms with Microshift, Justin Timberlake with Man of the Woods, your pre-Super Bowl preview of what JT will have to share with us on halftime. I'll probably suffer through that for the sake of the podcast. Ray Morris with Someone Out There, Rye with Blood, Simple Minds with Walk Between Worlds, and Sky Zoo with In Celebration of Us. Those are your new releases this week. Like I said, I'll probably check out Man of the Woods. I'll do too. Um, whether I'll like it or not, we, that's we'll, we'll have to see. U.S. copyright law. So far, like two of the three songs he's released of it. Yeah, I liked none of them. So <laughs> I'm zero for three, but we'll see. Moving on to music news. The first thing is uh, we love talking about U.S. copyright law here on the Media Boat Podcast, and we have a news story about copyright. Authorities on Saturday decided to increase over the next five years the royalty payments music streaming companies like Spotify and Apple Incorporated uh, pay, I guess. Uh, the written decision that altered the formulas used to determine how much of their revenue streaming company revenue streaming companies must share with songwriters and the music publishing companies. So this is legalese, uh, but really, I guess the the uh, the nitty gritty here is that. Hopefully the artists will get more money out of this deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will hopefully like redo the math so that way um, it's a little bit more fair to the artists that the streaming companies represent because it's well-known fact that streaming companies kind of underserve the artists that play on them. Uh, so this is potentially really good news. And uh, yeah, we could see some changing attitudes maybe in the music industry or not. <laughs> we'll see. Right. It's basically the formulas between... Uh, how much gets played of a song and how much gets played of an album and how much gets played of an artist. Because if you're going to listen to like five minutes of, of like a rap song because it's a six minute song. Yeah. But do they get paid the same as say a two minute song? Yeah. So it's like for like filler stuff, like, yeah. Oh, or or tracks that aren't even like exist. Like I know some albums that I own like have tracks that are like an intro outro track. They're just silence for like three seconds. Uh-huh. Is like that is that a play? Like does that count as much as the other ones? So yeah, this is them trying to figure that out. Right. Moving on to our other favorite music story, Ticketmaster. This is the good one. Canada's competition regulator said it is suing Ticketmaster and its parent company Live Nation for allegedly misleading customers and consumers on the prices for sports and other entertainment tickets, which they totally do. The Competition Bureau said an investigation found that Ticketmaster's advertised prices were deceptive because consumers wind up paying additional fees that are added later in the purchasing process. The regulator claimed that the mandatory fees often inflate the price by more than 20% and in some instances over 65%. Of course, if you've ever bought anything from Ticketmaster, you know this is true. You could roll up to basically say, it's like, oh, it gives you like a ballpark. It was like, oh, 60 bucks. And then when you're finished, you have like convenience fee, processing fee, and all this stuff that you didn't anticipate. Uh-huh. So basically, Canadian government's basically saying, uh, yeah, you need to advertise ahead of time that this is going to be the case because it's illegal if you don't. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully they'll, um, some, some changes will happen. Uh, with the least Canadian Ticketmaster out of this. But who knows? Maybe it'll affect everything. Moving on. Congratulations to Canada for taking the first steps. Yeah. Congratulations. And hopefully that'll make actual change. 
You can hope. Moving on to uh, classic southern rock band, Leonard Skinner. I'm sure people have bought Ticketmaster tickets for them before. Rock and Roll Hall of Famers announced a farewell tour. To, bleh, <laughs> getting a little southern accent there. A farewell tour that will feature, <coughs> alongside Leonard Skinner, will feature Kid Rock, Hank Williams Jr., Bad Company, The Marshall Tucker Band, and 38 Special. The band, of course, or the band includes will include Gary Rossington and Johnny Van Zant, Ronnie's brother. The first leg of the tour will go on sale on February second, and kick off May fourth in West Palm Beach, Florida, because that's of course where I would pick kick off a Leonard Skinner tour. Well, Alabama, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I mean ideally, but the South is fair yeah. close enough. Moving on. Uh, final story here uh, is also about the aforementioned Lord. So not only has Lord been in the news because of the Grammy stuff, but she's also was in the news for something we talked about a couple weeks ago, uh, which was her uh, canceling a uh, concert in Israel over uh, over a uh, analyzing it and basically figuring that she, uh, for for political reasons, probably shouldn't do it. However, an Israeli legal rights group said Wednesday it is suing two New Zealanders for allegedly convincing Lord to cancel her performance in Israel in what appears to be the first lawsuit filed under a contentious 2011 Israeli anti-boycott law. Justine Saz and Nadia Abu Shanab penned an open letter to Lord urging her to, quote, take a stand and boycott Israel, which she did. The 2011 law that I mentioned opens the door to civil lawsuits against anyone calling for a boycott against Israel, including of lands that is occupied. So basically, uh, what we're seeing here is this was set up back in 2011 as kind of like getting ahead of all this, uh, just in case people would start doing boycotts of Israel for one reason or another. So this is the first time an actual lawsuit has stemmed from this. Somebody saying like, well, this is somebody who is doing a boycott ostensibly of, of performing in Israel. Let's take advantage of this 2011 law and actually use it. Uh, chances are nothing will happen here. Uh, Lord's people, I'm sure, have enough money to fend this off and settle. I don't... Or, or, sorry, it's not against Lord. It's about those kids. It's the kids, isn't it? It's, uh, it's the... Uh, it's it's the girls, yes. It's uh, So that I actually don't know. They might mm -hmm. not... Uh, they might have actually a challenge here. Uh, hopefully, Lord's people help because that would be... Uh, that would be a bad thing to have to fight if you're like probably in your like early twenties. Well, not only that, but I think they have to prove that's what specifically influenced her to not before. That's hard to prove though, yeah. Because I feel like it probably even if it was um, an open letter that Lord did read, um, there was probably a lot of also feedback she was getting on Twitter. Uh, probably a lot of feedback she was getting directly from from her agent and people talking to her agent. I'm sure there was enough influence happening there that, yeah, you're probably right. I don't know if they would be able to prove that just that open letter and those two authors uh, were the sole cause, which might be the undoing of that lawsuit. But then again, it's not U.S. law. Yeah. It's... Israeli law. Palestine. So, we'll see. Palestine and Israeli yeah. law, so... 
So we'll see. Uh, we'll be uh, tracking that story. I'm sure we'll let you know if things evolve on that front. So and, that. Yep. And then we're briefly in music news. Yeah. Uh, Mike Shinoda of Linkin Park okay. released a uh, three-song album oh. uh, this past week uh, called Post Traumatic. Okay. Um, it's basically these are three songs he was working on since Church of Brainton. Uh-huh. Um, very much heartfelt. This is not under Linkin Park's name. It's not under... It's just him. Um, yeah. Um, what's the other one he does? Fr- Fort Minor. Okay. It's just under Mike Shinoda's name. It's just him. Uh, really well done if you want to check it out. Um, but hmm. yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, <clears throat> I didn't know that was going to happen. Um, uh, while we're talking about it, uh, just one last thing about the Grammys I wanted to mention. Uh, I don't know if you got to see this. Uh, Chester Bennington got to be the last person on the In Memoriam. And it, uh, they used that, but it made sense uh, immediately after because they used that as they... Uh, uh, springboard to start well, 1-800-87-whatever-it-is, the Suicide Hotline song. Mm. You know, they went right into that performance. Okay. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a good way of doing it. It's like, to, to show, like, yes, we, we are aware. Like, we're going, we're, this is this is what this is, cause is for, basically. And it was actually really cool, like, the, the uh, Logic, uh, the DJ guy who does part of that song, mm-hmm. uh, ended up doing out, like, a little bit of speech at the end where he was basically talking about uh, the the hotline and like how people should use it and stuff like that. It was interesting. It was it was a, again pretty heartfelt. It wasn't amazing, but it was like a moment, and uh, it was nice to see them um, acknowledge Chester Bennington because I don't think the Grammys would have in any other like situation. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't see, but did they make any note of Las Vegas? Yes, um, the Vegas stuff was addressed by having. Um, uh, Eric Church, Marin Morris, uh, and uh, the brother something, uh, three yeah three acts that had been at that show, but to briefly talk about it and then do uh, uh, Tears in Heaven uh, by Eric Clapton, so which of course the reaction to Twitter is wait a minute they did Tears in Heaven they could have literally done any country song that was about like lo- remembering lives <laughs> and they did Tears in Heaven instead, so yeah besides that poor programming. Um, yeah, they did address it, and uh, it was it was another kind of heartfelt moment. And that takes us out of music. Uh, let's talk about video games. Your new releases this week on video games is, first, the Switch version of Night of the Woods. So if you've been holding off on that game and you have a Switch, download it now. Play that game. It's so good. That was my game of the year last year. Everybody should play Night of the Woods. It's great. Shadow of the Colossus, uh, the remake, the remaster, comes out on your PS4. And Nightmares from the Deep 3 is out on uh, PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, so yeah, check those out. Moving on to video game news. Our first story is about Epic Games. Uh, so this is kind of an interesting one. Um, Epic has decided uh, to shut down Paragon, which was their uh, MOBA-esque action game multiplayer focused thing that was an early access what is still to this date technically not released right even though retail disc copies have come out for this game for consoles weird i know doesn't make any sense to me uh but yeah so they decided to shut it down uh they basically considered it uh it says uh, the quote here is after careful consideration and many difficult internal debates 
We feel there isn't a clear path for us to grow Paragon into a MOBA that retains players to be sustainable. That was the quote. So they're basically saying, we can't make money from this in the long term. This didn't work out the way we wanted to. We're sorry here. And they're giving you your money back. Uh, <sighs> refunds will come directly from Epic rather than your platform provider. So because you activate like the game via code, and it's not through the disc itself, uh, they'll you'll just be able to work through Epic, and they'll just give you your money back for, for Paragon. So that's uh, kind of neat that they're doing uh, refunds. Uh, the servers for Paragon will continue to operate until 20, April 26th of this year. So uh, if you're playing Paragon, all 12 of you, uh, clean up for them because it's over. Uh, they're probably uh, doing this to focus on their surprise hit, which is the uh, uh, ba- uh, the, the Battlegrounds uh, equivalent, the Battle Royale mode uh, Fortnite, Fortnite, which is doing game busters for them right mm-hmm. now. Uh, it's like super ridiculously power, like popular, and I don't know why. Uh, so yeah, probably because it's free. Yeah. <laughs> that's my guess. So that's cool. I mean, not great for people who like Paragon, but it's cool that they're giving uh, the money back to their fans. Uh-huh. Next up is the end of something else. It's the end of Mitomo. Remember Mitomo? That was the me-driven mobile app where you could ask your friends questions and your friends could be me's and. Yep. I never really tried it. Uh, it seemed dumb. <laughs> it's not a game. We tried it for a week. Yeah. Uh, well, it will end on May 9th at noon. Users will be unable to purchase, purchase more coins as of today, uh, but we'll host uh, log login bonuses featuring coins and tickets going forward. So they'll trickle out enough stuff for you to use at the very, very end until you can't use it and it won't matter. Mm-hmm. Refunds will also be provided for unused paid coins, but if it's unclear... It's unclear if this will extend outside of Japan due to regional uh, cutoffs, I'm sure, that they will encounter. So, uh, yeah, uh, not much else to talk about with video games this week. Those are your two kind of big stories. Uh, There's a rumor uh, that I almost kind of don't want to talk about. That Microsoft is in uh, the the, uh, in line to potentially make a large purchase in the coming Uh. months. The rumored uh, mill has EA as a possible uh, target, which is crazy to think about. Uh, another possible target is uh, the PUBG Corporation. Yep. Uh, the uh, uh, PUBG guys. Um, that's also a possibility. A little smaller fish there. Uh, and yeah, some really pie-in-the-sky ones, like you said, was Activision. I don't think that's going to happen. No. Uh, I think probably more realistically something smaller. Uh, if they're going to do anything at all. Uh, yeah, because that was just rumors. I didn't put yeah. it down here because it's just Microsoft looking to make a purchase. Mm-hmm. Let's speculate what it could be. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so it could be all sorts of things. Um, or it could be uh, Oculus. No, Oculus is Facebook. That's right. It could be freaking, I don't know. That's a tough one. Well, I guess it depends on where they want to go with next. Yeah. Because they want to do... The um, same day streaming download. Yeah, well, no, they're doing download, not streaming for those things. Uh, So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, We'll be uh, tracking that, I'm sure. If there's some more scuttlebutt on that, we'll let you know. But right now, it's just a big question mark. So, they've got money to burn. So, watch out for money. And uh, lastly, 
Uh, our very, very last thing we want to talk about is we've been playing a video game, or I've been playing a video game, uh, mostly. I played a little bit. You played a little bit. A little bit, a little bit today. Uh, so Monster Hunter World uh, came out last weekend. The PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC uh, edition of the Monster Hunter series, which had pre- previously come out on consoles like PS4, and Wii, and Wii U, and 3DS, and Vita. Uh, not, well, very high-fidelity systems and now you finally have a super modern uh, graphically intensive take on monster hunter relatively streamlined at least that's what i was told uh kind of a simplification not really a simplification but like a uh... a proof of concept for the thing that they've been trying to do with monster hunter for for a decade now uh like monster hunter perfected mm-hmm. is what this was advertised as and Holy crap, does this game cast a very long shadow. <laughs> this game may be one of the most intimidating things I've tried to wade into in a handful of days. It reminds me a lot of <laughs> Final Fantasy XV. It reminds me of, yeah, like the systems, the level of systems you'd see in a Final Fantasy game. Mm-hmm. But with the gameplay and action, uh, that kind of reminded me a lot of Horizon. Yeah. I got Horizon Vise. In fact, there was one moment uh, last night where I was kind of getting frustrated with it. I was like, I kind of would rather just be playing Horizon. I had that moment. I was like, Horizon feels like a streamlined version of this where I wouldn't have to worry about all the dumb systems. So I almost, I I might, I'm thinking about going back to Horizon. Should. Because of this game. Uh, Which is not a great compliment for this game, but let me, hear me out before you think I'm going to poo-poo this game. I think uh, a lot of what this thing is doing is really cool and impressive. I think the world is really, really awesome. I think the well, the, the character design is eh, you know, it's a Japanese modern Japanese game. But the character creator is amazing. You can do all sorts of things with that thing. Super realistic faces. Like I was amazed with the the like the result of what I created from mm-hmm. basically scratch. Uh, I was really impressed with what I was able to crank out of that. And of course, uh, your little buddy Palicos, which are the cats that hang around with you and fight for uh, fight with you are freaking adorable, and you can customize them too. You can make them fluffy. It's so cute. Um, like, the world that is it's creating, and the basic concept of you being, like, a, a part of a squad of elite hunters that are, like, tasked to, like, take down these monsters for research. That's fascinating. Like, that, the whole that's world... That's a good concept. Yeah, it's a great concept. The whole world is, like, great, and I see why people like the world of Monster Hunter. Uh-huh. And the basic, like, the basic, like, on-paper gameplay and what you do in this game sounds really cool, too. Like, it's, it's quest-based. You're, like, going to, like, take down monsters. There's also exploration quests where you're kind of exploring worlds, like, the world around you. There's loot. There's 14 different weapons you can choose from uh, to, like, customize how you want to play from, like, super fast stuff to projectile weapons to slow, like, axes and hammers like it's super customizable it's got a wealth of options but where it breaks down for me is it assumes so much of the player to sit down and read everything and focus on everything it believes that if you're playing this game you're going to dedicate some time you're carving out your time to play this game you're not there to check in for a little bit and have a little little fun and put it down 
No. It's expecting the kind of player that is going Good to job. get invested. Like somebody would like with a Final Fantasy. Uh-huh. It's that level of attention to detail. So, when I say it has systems, I mean there's systems for literally everything. There's not just accepting and going on to quests. Those two steps require three things to do. You have to like go into a menu and make sure the quest is posted. You have to wait for the quest to prepare. You have to make sure you have the right quest because there's three different pages that different kinds of quests could be on on your quest book. <laughs> you have to like initiate it when it happens and then it's just so many little things like that and like there's meals if you buy yourself a meal before you go on a quest you can get certain buffs oh and there are certain things in the overworld that you can get that will help you for specific things that you have to read about to find out because the game doesn't intuit it like so i'm a big fan of game design that shows rather than tells i really like games that are like you know mario and zelda and are like here, here's a thing in the environment that hints at you. Like, maybe you should try this tool that you have. Oh, that eye over there? Maybe I should shoot it with an arrow. Like, stuff that doesn't really require the game to tell you something. Because it's in the world, and it's intuitive. Monster Hunter comes from the other side of that argument, which is basically like, well, the, for the, 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 the game to be as deep as we want it to, we basically have to info dump on the player, because otherwise they'd be lost. So here's, like, three pages of tutorial screens with super small print that you have to read, and every occasional thing is highlighted, so that way you can see what the important things are. And there's a video that might be playing to show you some visual representation of it. But for the most part, it's a lot of reading and a lot of like attention to like, okay, what am I doing here? Why does this matter? So use that as kind of your asterisk. From what I've been told, this is a simplified version of it's been even more arcane and hard to grasp before. But it still has a, just enough of that where I would say, yes, buyer beware here. Um, this is not something that I'm feeling super comfortable with after I've played it for like about two or three hours. So, and that's usually about my cutoff where I'm like, okay, I've spent like three sittings with this thing it's still not clicking for me is usually where I bail. So I'm going to give it one more real solid shake because I'm really afraid that this is just something that I'm just not built for. And that's okay. Like... I, I kind of want to use this kind of an example of being like, it's okay for games not to be your bag. You know, not every game is going to be for everybody. And I went into this thinking, like, this will either get me or it won't. Which is funny because I have the exact opposite yeah. of it. Um, because, it. because I did play Final Fantasy XV, yeah. and it feels a lot like it, that I have a good base as a gamer going into this game. Uh, the quest and getting quest is not that complicated for me uh, because most of these JRPG uh, games that I play yeah. I usually fast forward through all the dialogue <laughs> anyways I don't sit there and read every single thing that it tells me Yeah, unlike you I don't feel bogged down by everything Yeah, that, okay I'll okay thank you I know this is what I need to do I'll look back at it when I need to look back at yeah. it not okay I need to match it now before I move on to anything else yeah which is what you do <laughs> well because that's the way the game presents it presents it is it's like okay you just activated something we're gonna try to tell you how to do it so that way you can start doing it right now that's the way I intuit it 
but yeah, you're probably right. You can probably come back, circle back around and be like, okay, I remember vaguely what it was telling me. Now it's my opportunity to actually delve into this. And I ended up kind of doing that for some of the stuff I learned on the first uh, first night. Like I didn't go to the training room at all uh, the first day because I couldn't figure that out at all. I didn't try any other web. Like I didn't really even understand what the quest was and what I was supposed to do with the quest until I finished it. The second sit down, then I actually got time to think about those things. And then I started understanding how the quests work. I understood what I was doing and what was I expected to do on those quests. And I did the training room and I actually explored the different weapons and I got a weapon that I liked. So you're right. It does. It, it's something that you do kind of need to return to. And even if it does give you kind of the info dump, you can use some of that information later and be like, okay, let me, let me try to grasp this myself. But again... My problem is mostly, it's just, I don't think it's the kind of game that I want to play right now. And that's, I think, why I'm kind of chafing against it. But I want to repeat, I think it's really, really impressive. And I don't want to, I, I think it's a really well-made game that a lot of people will love. But Well, I think a lot of people are already loving it. Yeah. It sold 5 Seriously. million copies first weekend. Yeah. Uh, already number one game in Japan, number one game in Europe as well. That's just the first weekend it's out. Too. So yeah, this will definitely be a top-selling game. It'll finally make a mark in the U.S., which is something they've been trying to do with the Monster Hunter series forever. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do from here on out, because I think that there's enough compelling stuff here where they could make a series here in the U.S. actually matter. Uh, but yeah, so we'll see. But uh, uh, try it out if that sounds appealing to you. If you're somebody who likes something more methodical like a Dark Souls or like weighted RPGs like Final Fantasy XV, like maybe give this a try. But it might just not be for me, which is fine. Uh, but yeah, I'll probably be uh, uh, giving it a, little, a few more sit-downs here to check out whether anything sticks with me because I have heard that uh, from a, a few other people that after, after like the third or fourth time it stuck. So maybe that'll happen. We'll see. I'm, I'm remaining hopeful. Yeah, we'll see. For me, um, I thought it was choose your play style. You play like that all the way through. Mm-hmm. But no. But no, it literally gives you all the options. Anytime. That, yeah. Ahead of time. Yeah, Dark Souls is you pick something and you stick uh-huh. with it. This is more like... Which is how most, most RPGs Yeah. Are. But from what I understand, there is kind of it'll kind of force you down a path at some point because there are there is a weapon tree, like mm-hmm. a skill tree for your weapons. Yeah. So it will kind of push you towards the thing you've been using the most down the line. But at the, the beginning of the game, it's like no, just try out everything, use whatever. It doesn't restrict you, which is kind of nice. Which I think once I get to that point, the yeah. skill tree, you'll enjoy it a lot more because it goes borderline style. Yeah, maybe because yeah. I, I'm looking forward to it being becoming a loot game. It's ha- it hasn't gotten there for me yet. I'm looking forward to like getting new armor and getting new weapons and stuff. That sounds cool, too. So, yeah. I'm sure I'm just scratching the surface here. I'm just really worried that if I'm already kind of uh, feeling intimidated by it, that it's only going to get worse. That's my, only my, that's my only concern. Yeah, but you feel intimidated by most games, too. <laughs> Depending on the kind of game. But, yeah. Anyways, so yeah, uh, we'll probably uh, check back in next week on that game because I'm sure we'll still be playing it and uh, mm-hmm. another new game doesn't come out until like March. So we'll okay. have a long time to kind of gestate with this All right. and maybe play catch up. Maybe we will end up uh, 
uh, after we return this, whenever that may be, maybe we will end up trying out Dragon Ball. I don't know. It mm-hmm. seems like people love that thing. Uh, so yeah. So, um, so far I've been seeing good reviews on it. For sure. Yeah. People who don't like Dragon Ball or fighting games have been saying good things about it, which is good. So yeah, uh, we'll check back in next week about that. And with that, that'll do it for this short one-hour edition of the Media Vote Podcast. We did it. We're under an hour this week. Yep. It's a miracle. Uh, so yeah, if you want to hear more of us, just as you're hearing us right now, we are, of course, on Apple Podcasts. Just search Media Vote Podcasts. You will find us. Subscribe to us and review. We love reviews. We haven't had one yet. So please, if you're one of our mysterious listeners listening to this podcast, review us so that way we know who you are. And number two, know uh, how we're doing. Let us know. Um, give us feedback. We love feedback. Um, in fact, you can even email us at mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com if you want to uh, get directly to us. Uh, we're all ears. Or typing. We're all thinkers. We're, well, we're all something. Yeah. Uh, if you want to see us live, we'll probably be live again next week streaming on YouTube uh, on the Media Boat Podcast channel on YouTube. Uh, so you check that out at 8 p.m. Pacific time on Wednesday night next week, uh, where we'll talk about all sorts of things like the, the Super Bowl and uh, TV shows we haven't talked about and all sorts of fun stuff. So tune in for all that and more. Next, uh, you can find us on social media. We're all over the place. We're on Twitter at, at MediaBoatCast. It worked. Uh, we're at... We're on... Uh, uh, Facebook, we have our Facebook page if you search Media Boat Podcast. And we have uh, 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 Twitch.tv where we stream uh, video games every once in a while. We may in the future be streaming some Monster Hunter. Uh, Mike hasn't because he hasn't been really able to talk. Uh, but when he's, when he's up and back, uh, I'm sure we'll be streaming some Monster Hunter wherever we're at there then. Um, you can also find us on Patreon.com where you can help us out with money. Donate with uh, you can donate to help us out uh, as little as a dollar a month can help us uh, make this content even better than it already is. You can also visit on media visit us on mediaboatpodcast.com. It's our website where all our stories are, including new releases every Friday, uh, box office uh, box office uh, uh, numbers every Tuesday, uh, and thoughts whenever we see something, play something, listen to something that we love. Uh, or hate or feel things about, uh, we'll write about it. and uh, It'll be on the site. And news stories every once in a while when I'm feeling uh, like I want to. <laughs> That'll get more and more uh, common as we go on. Hey, you stole my haircut. Uh, moving on. <laughs> uh, that'll be it for us. We'll see you guys next week. Is that a Pikachu? Looks like really a Pikachu. Pikachu. It looks like a Pikachu. <laughs> uh, his his palico looks like a Pikachu. I'm just telling you guys. Uh, so yeah, let's uh, 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 see you guys next week uh, for episode 108 or 109, whatever. That yeah, is. I should be. Uh, yep, yeah, we'll be able to talk more. You should be back to 100% normal show next week, but uh, we'll see. Yep. So yeah, see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye.